Welcome to Protecting Your Assets, the show about protecting people, property, and most importantly, protecting your ass. I'm your host, Lucky Luciano, and I'd like you to join me for a fast-paced and often fiery discussion about security issues with my co-host, Brian the Angry Man Claimant. Whether we're piercing the veil of security, talking your duty of care, or raving about the latest technology, we'll share our thoughts on the issues, the trends that are impacting security today and into the future. And now, let's talk about protecting your assets. Well, hello, folks, and welcome to Protecting Your Assets. It has been a while, and uh, I'm your host, Lucky Luciano, with me, the angry man, Brian Clayman is back, and, uh, you know, we've been away for a while, but we are certainly excited about bringing you uh, Season 3, is what we're calling it, um, and we've got a different type of a format lined up for you. We've got a new logo, and uh, we're really excited about bringing, bringing some new material, a new approach, um, and responding to some of our uh, listeners. So with that, before we get into it, I'm going to say hello to my, uh, my co-host, Brian. How's it going? It's been a while. Really good. It's really fantastic to be back recording. And, you know, I couldn't wait. It. I'm just so thrilled that you successfully served your time and the probation and you're back out on the street and we're able to do this. So good on you. And, you know, you've got support if you get yourself in trouble or tempted to go down the wrong side of the tracks again. Reach out to your many, many friends. That was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I've been uh, I've been busy. I've had a long summer, and uh, as you know, bought a bike and have been enjoying those rides out there. I went I went for a ride today as well, um, and I know that uh, we've been out a couple of times, which has been a lot of fun. Go it's ahead. more like a like a, a crawl and not a pub crawl. As a new rider, it is painful to ride with you. But anyways, maybe by season five you'll have it figured out. I will. That, well, I'm I'm going to be an instructor, so there you go. I'm the <laughs> They're exactly <laughs> that in itself is a statement about the quality <laughs> of training, which probably is a segue to something we're going to do. I don't know. But... Yeah, it's called stay off the roads. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah. So anyway, look, it's great to be back. We are going to be focusing on uh, guards today, and instead of doing uh, what's keeping us up at night as we used to do, uh, we're going to change it and uh, bring in a new type of format where we're basically going to talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly that we may have seen uh, between recordings and between podcast sessions. So, uh, And we may not have all three at every show, but just give us a little more breadth in terms of what we want to talk about or acknowledge, and we are going to try and keep it a lot tighter uh, in this season to about 30 minutes per episode first 15 minutes listening to brian go on about how he knows everything and then the last 15 <laughs> minutes me correcting him and really focusing on the topic at hand Ouch. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right so with that the first thing i'm going to say about the good is that we are back yeah uh, you, you just hit me with this good bad ugly new idea or concept about three seconds ago and the only thing that i could think of as good is as a consultant i had two clients pay me last week on time so that was the good in terms of bad and ugly i'm not really sure but you had mentioned some stuff you heard in the news that might be fall into those categories yeah unfortunately we got lots of uh, material to choose from from uh the uh, the bad and the ugly i think the bad for me, is the fact that we see uh, an unfortunate increase in police shootings over the last few weeks, uh, both here and in the U.S. And despite uh, the government's ban on handguns, apparently, I don't think the criminals got the memo. And so 
you know, and we've seen nothing but uh, more shooting since that announcement was made, unfortunately. And I think that that's, that's definitely a bad thing. Yeah, I, I just want to comment on that. And I don't want to be repetitive, but I, I just find it always bizarre when uh, to solve a problem uh, as respect to criminality or a security problem, what we do is we add more laws or add more policies. There, correct me if I'm wrong, Luke, but even before our prime minister created this new law and ban on handguns, it was against the law, wasn't it, last year to shoot people? Yeah, I, so it's like, been in place for a while. It's been in place for a while. So sort of an oxymoron is like, how many people have you shot in the last year? See, the, 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 the oxymoron to me is that good people really follow the rules. The word criminal means that you don't follow the rules. So adding another law without going after the source just seems like a lot of virtual signaling, yeah. which, by the way, could lead to a whole other podcast, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. But, you know, I'll tell you, the, the tragic um, spate of police shootings in this country over the last month, I really can't remember anything like this. It really is a sign of the times. You know, it just shows the lack of respect, the lack of uh, the degree, uh, the lack of dignity and respect to the discourse, the way we vent, uh, you know, our feelings. Uh, but it also uh, shows some of the challenges some of our security people, the uniform security people that are in tactical situations or have to deal with. If people don't respect police officers, sworn police officers, what's you know what what's that like for security officers doing loss prevention work or doing you know uh protection work it's it's just interesting and scary times that we find ourselves in yeah and that leads me to my last point on the Where, ugly uh, we get back to that old there's the loss prevention piece and then there's the security piece and in between there's a connection or an overlap um and i unfortunately you still see security guards for base building, in our case, we talk about commercial towers, intervening, and not for the sake of keeping things safe and helping the retailer with, with the arrest. They actually go in there and make the arrest for the retail. And in one particular case that I'm referring to was in a mall, um, and it was a loss prevention guy who chased the person out, out, of the, uh, out of the store. And security, of course, from the mall responded. Six of them responded and couldn't get this person under control. The um, the what's the word not the dynamics but the visuals are all horrible if you see it online it just looked atrocious and of course once everything was taken care of the client or the retailer takes their property back and walks back to the mall and picks up business security is left with someone who thankfully i don't think she was injured but she's under arrest and now you're responsible for her and you've got nothing to charge her with brian's rule of proportionality is that I assume what she probably did was to warrant that type of response by security. Was she involved in a homicide or an active attacker, or was it just three packages of gum that she stole? Because there's got to be proportionality between what's occurred and what the response is, number one. And number two, I think sometimes we have to remind ourselves or, or clients have to understand security is just that. They're not police. They're there to protect property. They're not there necessarily to enforce laws especially if it's not a law that's broken, that's to the detriment of who the client they're representing is. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly where the problems start is that the base building security often responds without fully appreciating the liability that, they, they, that they're putting themselves in per personally, first of all, because you don't know what these loss prevention or what these uh, shoplifters are, are carrying. But the point is that we still see 
all too often base building owners or owners of buildings supporting clients and tenants needs without really thinking through the implications for their own operations and thereby exposing themselves unnecessarily to liability. Yeah. Basically, and, I guess what you're saying is the ugly is this is an example, this news story of where security, uh, for whatever reason, overstepped their authorities, perhaps, or overstepped their mandate and got uh, themselves into a big problem. And rather than de-escalating a situation, it became a lot more than it had to be. And that's a real problem, I think, you know, with the... Uh, uh, with the industry and a lot of the horror stories that you hear that make the media or end up in litigation are a result of that. The word security is all encompassing, you know, and it means different things to different people. But as, prof as a professional, it means, you know, it means a couple of distinct things to me. Not all security is the same. I mean, the guy that is sitting as a loss prevention officer is different than the guy that's a watchman at the factory that's signing people in and out, which is different than a security officer at a shopping mall that's doing patrols and looking for pickpockets and criminality occurring, okay? So there's different types of security. And I think a big problem with the, our industry is that a lot of the uh, purveyors of security services don't understand that difference. It's one big bucket and they're selling security guard services not realizing or not appreciating the guy that's going to be the watchman is a different skill set and needs a different level of supervision and authorities than the person that's going to be that what I call a tactical guard, that guy that's going to be doing patrols and responding to calls for service. And I think because of that blurry line, it, that's where uh, we get ourselves into trouble. And that's where we get situations like you just talked about, where you had one loss prevention officer try to catch a bad guy that was stealing from their store and six security guards for the uh, retail for the mall intervening probably beyond what their responsibilities okay. were my question then is you said that they, they don't understand the difference i think they do understand the difference i think they don't know how to create the guards to like they don't they don't know how to stream those guards for those different jobs they're all yeah. they're all recruiting from the same pool there's that, no magic there. But, but that's exactly right. You know, my sorry for cutting you off, but that's what I do. What else is new? It's okay. Yeah. My pet peeve is with this industry is that as a generality, many of the people in the contract security industry that provide the frontline security guards that we see in buildings and shopping centers and hospitals, what have you, don't know a hell of a lot about security. And what they're doing is they, they view security as a commodity. And one size fits all. So I disagree with you when you say they do understand. They don't because you just said it your own words. We're recruiting from the same company. They're going okay. through, by and large, the same level of training. Whether they're a tactical guard with responsibility for a nuclear power plant or at a hospital working in the emergency department, or they're in the library sitting there to make sure that people are quiet, they're all being paid the same. Some of our friends in the security guard industry are not are going to tell me I'm wrong. They're going to say, no, our tactical guards are paid $18 an hour, and the guy in the library is paid $17. Well, I'm sorry, that dollar is not a differentiator type thing. So that's really where I'm coming from. I don't believe they know. And I also believe because the purpose of any business is to make money, they are being driven by the client rather than managing the client's expectations say, hey, for this application, this is the type of guard you need. This is the skill set. And by the way, to get that talent, we got to pay X. They're not doing that. They're saying the client doesn't want to pay more than $18, $19, $20 an hour. 
therefore the bill rate won't be more than 25 26 27 dollars an hour the starting proposition is wrong we're starting from the wrong point of view we're starting with a preconceived idea of what the guard's going to get paid no matter what and i think we got to back up and say what is it you want the guard to do then as professionals figure out what training what skill sets do we need and compensate accordingly yeah but i think that that's happening in some some areas of the of the industry I, I, you see there are some really good guards out there and there are some programs that are working well there's not many of them because i think at the end of the day you do have to pay for what you get at, at, at some level and most of the guards as you know in this industry um it's it's a stepping stone to something else um, you know, you're not required to have good understanding of, of, of English or, or communication skills that are that are strong because and that's the core of the business. Like you can't even get good communicators in, in our in, a, in our industry based on a 15, 16, 17 dollar pay rate. OK, so it's the core of our business. That's the problem. Why is it the core of the business? Because it's not about fulfilling a need. It's finding someone willing to work for 18 or 19 dollars an hour. And tip. my problem is not with the guards, the men and women that work as guards. I you know, think there's some real outstanding people out there that do a incredible job. My problem is not with them. My problem is with the industry. It's the organize the, the companies and the leaders, but also the clients. And I'm going to give both of them, I'm going to attack both of them right now, okay? The clients don't understand what real security entails, okay? Because we do a terrible job telling them. And yeah. they have it in their mind that I'm not going to pay more than 25 or 26 or $27 an hour. The clients start from that perspective and they say, hey, my way or the highway. But the industry, the, the thought leadership of the industry have done a terrible job to educate the clients. You know, one of the biggest challenges I had when I worked for a large real estate management company was I didn't want to pay the regular rate for guards when I was asking for these guards to do a lot for us. And every time I tried to sign a contract where I had to pay the guards a fair wage representative of what they're bringing to the table, it was a battle with yeah. asset management yeah. with you know with, with the, the civilians if you say if you will that but the point is i engaged in that battle and i managed their expectation over time i changed the way they saw things my big frustration is i said the clients but also the the the, the companies yeah. i do not think they are managing the clients expectations i think they are so hungry to win the business not all but many just sign contracts and they try and wing it and we're our own worst enemy and i'm not just blaming the companies i'm blaming us i'm blaming the the security practitioners and leaders that aren't willing to uh to to, to change the norm you know to change the status quo means taking a lot of grief because well, look you and i have been working uh you know in toronto in the commercial real estate vertical you know probably for over almost 20 years right now very little has changed. I might even yeah. suggest it's going backwards in some respects. And I've been doing this for over 40 years. I haven't seen a lot of change over that time. Yeah, I won't disagree with that. I think the problem is the industry itself. There's no consistency in direction. There's no mission statement for the industry anywhere. You've got all these associations. Some of them do a pretty good job of trying to educate people who go there they give out you know their conferences and they try to bring the technology in and stay abreast but that's where it ends there is no there is no lobbying of government to help the industry get better it's very much like the wild west uh where you know i equate it back to uh construction right in the old days you go to a home depot 
you buy a hammer and you're a carpenter. That was it. And, and the product was a reflection of that lack of training. Uh, you know, and now try and be one today. You got to go to college. You got to do your apprenticeship. And that's, you know, there's a process to get licensed. And then you can go and call yourself a real carpenter or an electrician or whatever else you want to call it. And the, the, the security industry seems to be stuck in that state where anybody can join. As long as you have a pulse and you can wear a shirt, you can be a security person. And the industry seems okay with that. There's nobody saying, hey, let's set a standard. And I can tell you, I've had that conversation. You know, we've had these discussions where I've talked to associations and industry representatives about establishing a certification, something like Leeds does for, mm -hmm. for uh, real estate, uh, commercial for, real estate, for right? For, for sustainability. Let's set a standard, right? Like that's the, that's the problem with the industry. There is no vision. There is no, there is no end game. It's just, uh, we're making our two, 3% and we're happy with it. Yeah, and I understand that, you know, as a security consultant, uh, often I have clients that will engage our firm to help with an RFP to select, uh, help them find a uh, qualified, suitable security vendor that can uh, provide guards, let's say, for their building, for their shopping center, for their factory. And one of the first questions I have with the client is, I say, okay, so how important is security, security to you? And everyone thinks security is important. Everyone wants the U.S. Navy SEALs level of yeah. training. For the security officers so once i understand you know once i understand the client's needs and what they're looking for and they don't want the gumball brigade and they don't want guy with white socks and falling asleep you know uh, at his uh, desk and someone that looks like he slept in his uniform so once we understand that uh, i say okay so what are you willing to pay and often i hear well you know the going market rate and then i explain to them that well you know to get the type of guard i think you need you're going to have to pay more than market rate. And I explained some of the reasons for it, but I end up like this. And it's probably not good for me for getting business because sometimes I don't. I say, if you're willing to pay the right amount as a bill rate for the guards, I can help you. But if you're looking for me as a consultant to help you get uh, guards that are going to be paying uh, pay the bottom line uh, the, the low wages, it is sort of the standard in the industry. Save yourself money. You don't need me. Just put out the RFP without me. And the guard companies are going to uh, 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 put their proposals in. And really, you're going to select the guy that gives you the lowest cost. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But understand, you may not get what you're looking for. And I don't want to take your money because I'm not going to operate like that. I'm going to get you a guard company that's going to give you quality, but you're going to have to pay for it. You can't drive a Ferrari if you only want to pay for a Nissan Sentra and it's the same thing with guards. So, so I, I guess my point is that there's people like me and I know you're one of them and I know there's many, okay. Uh, as practitioners, we believe in this. You only, you get value for what you pay yeah. for, you know? but unfortunately there's not enough. And certainly I would love to see the guard companies really start to walk away from business to say, listen, if you want a mediocre guard, we can give that to you, but we believe you need a, guard at this level and this is what it's going to cost and if the client says well i'm not willing to pay that i'd like to see the guard company start to walk away and if that happened enough we would make the change and some guard companies are doing it and one last thing before i take a breath we talked about the different associations and everyone shakes their head and says yes we got to create standards and everything like that but they don't create standards if we can get the different security associations and uh, 
you know, through the BOMAs of the world, through the, the Canadian Bank Association, the, to set standards that are high. The guard companies did it on their part. We could move the wheel and get the wages where they need to be. But I'll tell you, as long as we're paying guards $18 an hour in downtown Toronto, Vancouver, Calgary, or Montreal, you're going to get what you pay for because Tim Hortons pays 19 And I think the danger um, right now is that there's no, uh, there's not enough people out there that need to work or want to work. Um, so guard companies, are, guard, guard companies are struggling to attract guards at, at the rates we had. So even if we go up and let's say the clients have a revelation, they all say, okay, let's pay $25 an hour. You're still going to, you're just going to bring that level of guard up to that $25 range, but they're not going to improve the quality of that card. I think but, that's, that's the danger. Well, no, but you know, I disagree because, and I had this discussion with my son who's in the business and business development. That's the wrong starting point. I mean, what we're doing is we're taking the industry that's operated a certain way for a hundred years. Okay. And we're saying, okay, how do we move it from uh, $23 an hour bill rate or 25, whatever current is to 26? We're starting from there. I'm suggesting let's pretend this is day one. Let's pretend we're just inventing the security industry and we're providing skilled manpower. And we start with the premises, what does skilled manpower look like and what does that cost? If that's $40 an hour, just for argument's sake, okay, then you build the whole industry on that. But we have built it the wrong way on the low side. So really we have to burn it down and start over. And it takes innovation and courage. And you know, I'm not going to mention any names, but there's some major security guard companies that we know. You know, the uh, former president of this company, uh, he's now in the States, but his vision was to do just that. His vision was that, you know, I can't change from within. So why don't I be a realist and say, we have guards just like everyone else, but yeah. we all also have guards over here. And that's a different division, different training, different bill rate, different uh, uniforms. But if you want these guys, the Ferraris, you're going to have to pay the guard $30 an hour. I have so many clients that say, I want a guard that can take care of business, almost like a police officer. Police officers don't get paid $18 an hour. Exactly. Even in training, they don't. Exactly. So I think we're starting from the wrong point of view. We've got to start, okay, if we were going to create the industry today, what does it look like? What does the oversight look like, the training look like, and the pay rate? And unless we do that, we will never get it to the right level. Because you're right, we could say we're going up from 18 to $21. You're just going to take those people of low quality and yeah, pay them, pay them 21. Because <laughs> Luke, when I was 18 years, if I was 18 years old today or 25 years old today, I wouldn't work for $18 an hour when I could be a policeman and be making $100,000 after two. You're not going to get me unless you radically, and I'm not saying pay guards like policemen, not at all, but they're not even in the same hem They're uh, nowhere near. They, there needs to be a shift. When I think of security in Europe, for example, there's a level, you know, more, when you think of like Ireland, They've got a. They've got that middle police. It's not a police officer. It's not a police. Uh, a police officer, but their security. But man, if you saw them on the street, you'd think that they're a police officer without a gun. Like that's how well trained they are. They're respected, right? That comes with respect as well. Here, for whatever reason, well, we've talked about some of the reasons, but they're still viewed as Paul Bart, right? The mall yeah. cop. Uh, they're laughed upon. There's zero respect for them. And, and quite honestly, when the police are getting slapped around as they are today it's hard to why would they even respect if they don't respect police as you said at the start of this episode why the hell would they respect a, a person in a security guard right so it's even that much tougher for them to get that type of, of of respect from the public that they're dealing with 
and th this is not a reflection of the guards because again no. it reflects you know you we, we are hiring for the for for a large part the wrong people into the industry like could you imagine right now there's a shortage of nurses okay and in ontario we and, and doctors and healthcare professionals and uh, part of the problem as i understand it is the government has a cap on salaries and we're not willing to pay more it's almost like the security guard industry they get paid a lot better than security guards but what if we said okay we need bodies so let's just hire new people to Canada that are willing to work for whatever those wages are, okay? Rather than saying hire people with the skill set and then pay for that skill set, we just need bodies, so let's just hire, you know, who's looking for jobs? Well, you know, immigrants to the country are looking for jobs because yeah. they're trying to establish themselves, but they're not, they may or may not be the right fit. Yeah. And that's what's lacking the security industry. There's a war for talent right now. And guard companies are doing what they can to attract people with signing bonuses and everything. That's great, but you wouldn't need that if we had a fair wage. And quite honestly, and I think the same thing is going to happen with nurses, there's going to be a breaking point. Clients, yeah. you know, you can only blame the security guard company uh, so many times for, uh, providing substandard guards at some point you have to look in the mirror and say what did i expect if i'm paying this gentleman or this woman 17 or 18 or 19 dollars an hour it's i'm not saying it's the guard's fault but we're setting them up for failure we're putting the wrong people into the wrong positions uh, well you know i'm i defend the guards um yeah you're very pro guard i'm very pro guard but as i am uh, i i i i blame the industry the industry stinks it's like you said earlier, it's not just contractors, it's the clients are just as much to blame. And we've talked about the fact 100%. that they don't have the resident expertise and rarely go out and get that expertise. They just hand it over to somebody in another department, another division and say, hey, you can do security, sort of like the contractors do with the guards, right? Hey, you can do security, you're just off the boat, can't speak English, but we're going to put you in a role where you've got to engage people and expect you to manage that well, not being able to speak the language well. And that's the same thing with clients who bring on security with no security expert in-house, right? They'll sit there and they'll, they'll, the guy in operations, oh, he knows operations, he must know security. It's the same thing on their end. They're, 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 they're uh, farming it out to somebody who doesn't know the industry, doesn't have the training, doesn't have the expertise, and he's going to make a decision on the type of guard contract company they're going to bring into the, into, the, into the premise. But are they cheap? That's what matters to him. Yeah, and I think both you and I are seeing the same thing. You know, we, yeah. we talked a little bit about new Canadians. It's not because people, new Canadians are bad. It's because we're taking advantage of them. I just want to be really clear. This is not on the guards. Quite honestly, a lot of the guards I see, their work ethic, especially, uh, the, you know, people that are new to the country or, or starting out, it's an incredible work ethic. Yeah. So that's not the issue. The whole industry needs a shakeup. And, you know, to that point also, and again, it, it, it's a real sore point for me, when things go south, and it often does, when you have, uh, when you're not able to provide the level of service that you need, okay, when things go south, it's been my experience, okay, and I'm sure there's exceptions, who takes the hit, the company or the guard? The person is most expendable, the young man or woman that's working, you know, uh, uh, and not being respected he's yep. the one that takes it he's the one that we say oh buddy or charlie or gloria screwed up we're going to get rid of gloria yeah. gloria or charlie is not the problem it's the whole structure all right well look we're uh we're at the time i think i don't have a timer on my side you're recording this yeah no I, yeah i think we're at the time i don't want to go over I, oh. I i i would like to uh just sort of plant some seeds uh in your mind and also our listeners minds if they agree i'd like to do a session on body worn cameras 
and, and you're seeing more and more security uh, companies uh, use body-worn cameras. And I, I find it an interesting paradox. You know, we talked in this season three opener about some of the quality issues in the security industry right now. And then more and more you're seeing body-worn cameras and probably for the right reasons. What happens when you record activity, which may not be the best uh, you know, representation of what our industry can offer? So I think that might be an interesting topic uh, sometime in the future. We can do that on the next episode. You know that I piloted that over yeah. at um, one of my employee, uh, previous employees. Yeah, you're a big supporter. Um, I, I believe in it. I wrote up a white paper on that, shared it with the company that decided to implement it full time. So I'm a strong believer in uh, in the camp body cams and how they can protect the the guard and the company when they're deployed properly. So yeah, I'm happy to have that discussion with you because I don't think there really is like a right and a wrong answer. It really is where you prefer and, and understanding the risks of the decision you make, um, whether to use them or not. But I think that there's good, there's a lot to talk about on that topic for sure. Yeah, and I would like to uh, debate or discuss that because I'm not opposed to it, but it's sort of like. Uh, Maslow's hierarchy of needs, or even Darwin's uh, 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 evolutionary uh, uh, paradigm type thing. Y you know, if you look at Maslow's hierarchy of needs, we all want to get to that top of the pyramid, but we got to get there before we're ready for the top. And the point I would make when we talk about this is that I see body-worn cameras, especially as it comes to security, sort of at the top of the pyramid. And the problem is, I believe, we're nowhere near even the mid-level of the pyramid right now. So I think it's it's a great idea whose time is too soon. But let's save it for next week or next time. Absolutely. See you, yeah. Aaron. You're trying to dig in your plant your seeds already. Like I'm just planting the seeds. I want this to be an exciting uh, <laughs> season. And I really encourage uh, our uh, listeners uh, uh, to let us know what you want to hear. I mean, we have all sorts of ideas for this season, uh, some invited guests, uh, some interesting topics. But Please, if you're interested, if you have some ideas, go to our LinkedIn uh, Protecting Your Assets page and drop us a note or drop a note to, uh, you know, my company's oh, sponsor. Yes. Send it to info at brianclayman.com, B-R-I-A-N, Clayman, there it is, dot com. <laughs> and just tell us what you'd like us to talk about or who you'd like us to interview, and we'll see what we can do to uh, set that up. Yeah, because I can tell you it is tough to plan these sessions, it may seem easy. I don't know if we're making it look easy or making it look difficult at times. Depends on the episode, I guess. But it is a lot of work trying to figure out what is of interest to listeners, what is relevant, um, and, and then to continuously keep it fresh and, and ongoing. So the more we can get from our listeners, you know, it's great. We we do hear from uh, fans and listeners out there who say, we're you know, they miss the episodes. That's why we're happy to be back. And, and then, you know, they're happy about the listening on, on the episodes. They tell us about what they like and what they don't like. But to give us more ideas on content, we'd, be, we'd certainly be uh, appreciative. And we will work towards uh, addressing some of the And your constructive criticism also is welcome. As, yeah. as long as it's directed towards Luciano and not I, please. Well, keep in mind that I am uh, recording this in the basement of my house <laughs> using what little software I have. And uh, it is what it is, man. My my sponsor doesn't pay me enough to, to buy really good equipment. I wasn't talking about the technology. I was talking about the presenter and the content. But okay. Okay. I'll All right. It. With that, let's uh, call it a day. And uh, good to be back in the saddle. And we'll be back to you. We're actually going to be aiming for a release of uh, of an episode every first of the month and every 15th of the month. So we are actually 
well, November 1st is going to be this week. So yeah. we will aim to uh, release it then um, and then come back to you in a couple of weeks. But until then, folks, hopefully I'll stay safe. Enjoy your happy Halloween and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye now. Thanks a lot. That concludes this podcast. We hope you enjoyed listening and will join us in a couple of weeks for our latest episode. Please remember to like and follow us on our sponsor's webpage, brianclayman.com, where you can leave us your comments and suggest topics you'd like to hear about in future episodes. Until next time, thanks for listening and don't forget to protect your assets.